From the soon-to-be-released Columbia Pictures film, Basic, please welcome for the most famous words in motorsports, superstar actor John Travolta. Gentlemen, start your engines! Welcome into another edition of the XP Podcast. Tyler Head and Dalton Mullinex with you as always, recording on Tuesday night as we are finally on the heels of the 2023 season getting kicked off properly. We had the clash last Sunday, and then we had to wait a whole other week and a half with the Super Bowl and everything. But now we start with Daytona 500 qualifying tomorrow night, and then we're off and running for Speed Weekend, Week, whatever you want to call it now. It's certainly been condensed from what it was years and years ago. But once we get rolling this weekend, it's nonstop all the way to Phoenix with the exception of, what, one off weekend in June? Yeah, it is going to be every weekend of NASCAR, you know, as we head into the next six, seven months. Um, yeah, it's, you know, it's really fun to to think about. Um, you know, it feels like yesterday we were crowning Joey Logano as the champion and Mm-hmm. Um, so here we are going to the Daytona 500 this weekend and I'll go ahead and preface it with this it's going to be great weather Good, great weather um, you know we, we've struggled with weather over the past few years um, but weather looks to be very very good this weekend warm Thursday and Friday but then cooling off for the weekend so we won't have to have that conversation about late start times again next week is what you're telling me yes Yes. Which the race is set to start at 2.30, which I guess is technically 2.45 once you do all the pace laps and stuff like that. It's not as late as some of these races are, but um, long gone to the days of that classic 1 p.m. start, which I think we all still long for a little bit. Yeah, we miss it, but oh well. And it's 2.30 is also kind of that weird window where like, because when the race started super late, like 3, 3.30, you at least knew it was going to run into nighttime which I, I did personally enjoy the 500 transition in the nighttime. It was always cool to see finishes under the lights, but like this two thirty start time, it's just kind of getting dark. I know when right. won the race last year, like it wasn't completely dark outside. It was kind of that like dusk thing. It's like, we'll either just run it in the daytime or, you know, finish it at night. Like I kind of hate this in between that we're in. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And I feel like too, like one of the things I do like about later start times is when they do go into the nighttime. I, I think racing out of lights is just so cool on, on so many different levels. Right. Not a whole lot of news has transpired in the past week um, since we did our post-clash episode. Some interesting things have happened, though, and this one really surprised me. So Todd Gilland drove the entire season last year in the 38 car for front row, had some pretty good runs um, in that car, particularly on the road courses. Um, we knew Zane Smith was going to have the opportunity to drive a couple races for front row in all three series, of course, full-time in the trucks, defending his championship. Um, we knew he was going to run the Daytona 500. We didn't know what the other races were for cup and, you know, some Xfinity races to be announced later. We recently learned that the remainder of the cup races for Zane Smith are going to be in the 38 car. So he'll run a separate car this week for the Daytona 500 but his other five starts, 
he's going to be taking the 38 car from Gilland. So no, but neither driver will be competing full-time in that car. I guess it kind of boils down to sponsorship, but given the fact that Gilland has only had one year in cup did run pretty well. I do think it's kind of sucky for him that he doesn't get an opportunity to have a true follow-up season running full-time. Yeah. He's definitely getting the short end of the stick here. Um, you know, and I guess my thing is, like you said, because like when that news came out, I I went back and looked, and look, he didn't blow us away last year, right? Okay, but he did with what you're expect, expected to do in that car, and I think that's just one of the things that just kind of puzzled me. And I I think the world of Zane Smith, I think he's gonna be a, a heck of a Cup Series driver one day. I guess right. one day start, you know, this weekend, um, but for the most part, it's just, it doesn't make sense. And, you know, what happens if Todd Gillen goes out there and wins the 500 this weekend? You know, th- I mean, th- then what do you do? I mean, if some sponsorship can come out of nowhere to provide enough for him to fill those extra races, maybe. Um, but yeah, that's, you know, front row. It, and I don't know if this is being done because, I think in a lot of people's opinions, and we've talked about this, Zane Smith for front row in trucks, fine. They they have the opportunity to run up front, uh, compete for race wins and wins cha- and win championships. But if Zane Smith's future can't be at front row in the Cup Series, they are not nearly good enough. Ford, he, he's really the only Ford guy in the pipeline right now. I'm looking at Kevin Harvick's ride coming up at the end of this season. I'm looking at you know, RFK racing and what they're going to be doing over the next couple of years. Like he's going to need to go to one of these top teams in the next few years to have a shot of being successful in the cup series. His future is not in the 38 car or the 34 car or whatever it may be. So if this is their way of enticing him to stay with them, I, I don't know, but for his career's sake, it's good to get experience obviously, but his future is not in front row equipment in the cup series. It shouldn't be, you know. It it may be, but it shouldn't be. And, and I thought you, one of the one of the ones that you brought up there that I thought would be just a match made in heaven would be, you know, if Zane Smith moved over next year to Stuart Haas Racing and paired with Rodney Childers. Mm-hmm. You take a veteran crew chief, take a young driver, talented, you know, trying to find his way in in the world of NASCAR, you know. And obviously, it's just speculation. I mean, I haven't seen any rumors or, or anything like that. But it just—it's one of those. It's just like when he signed his extension with them. It just—you kind of stepped back for a second and was like, "Why? Like, what am I missing here?" Right. Um. And and, and maybe you know, maybe he just loves it there. Maybe he thinks they're going to turn it around. Financially, though, they they don't have the type of money that a that a Stuart Haas Racing has, a Hendrick Motorsports has. Joe Gibbs, Team Penske, they don't have that kind of money, you know. So it's just, you know, biting your time and and just waiting to see kind of what's going to happen. But yeah, his future is not with with front row. <clears throat> Jumping down to the Xfinity series now, and <laughs> two years ago we made such a big deal about Kyle uh, Busch finally bowing out of the Xfinity series once he reached his 100th win. He ended up getting to 102 his last race uh, coming at Atlanta in the summer of 2021. And, you know, we were like, okay, that's it. The greatest Xfinity driver of all time. 
went out with the win in his last race. You know, now everybody else doesn't have to worry about him clogging the spotlight anymore. Well, so much for that because he's going to be running five races for colleague in the number 10 car this year. Um, well, I don't know what, I can't remember what those specific five races are off the top of my head, but the King is coming back to the Xfinity series. Will he able to be as dominant as he was in Gibbs equipment? Um, we will see, but I, I don't, in kind of gauging people's reaction to this, I don't see too many people that are terribly upset about it. I, I think maybe the absence made the heart grow fonder a little bit. And again, it's only five races. He's not even using his limit of, of the 70 that he's able to run. But um, I don't know. I'm interested to see Kyle Busch and coming back to the Xfinity series, even in the small capacity. I mean, I thought you missed him last year at times for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, again, he it's not like he's running every week. Um, you know, just for five races this upcoming season, he's going to go mix it up with some kids that are, you know, trying to make their way up to the Cup Series. And I, again, I go back, I think it was Jimmy Johnson said it several years ago, you know, he, basically, you know, why these, why you should let these Cup drivers go back down to Xfinity. Yeah. Because, it, you, you know, you find Chase Briscoe. I think of all the time that um, Darlington in 2020, when Chase Briscoe absolutely wielded, yeah. you know, Kyle Busch. You know, if he's, you know, if he's racing Justin Allgaier, no offense to Allgaier, he probably blows him by and moves on. But, you know, when you hold off Kyle Busch, think of what Ty Gibbs did last year uh, to Kyle Larson. Yep. You know, it, it's just, it's like you look at these dudes that are trying to, you know, find their place up to the cup level. And, um, you know, it's obviously different for Ty because he has the last name. Sure. Um, but, you just they show that they're uber talented. That's what I always enjoy when Kyle's in the race. Is he expected to win every Xfinity race that he enters into? Yes, one hundred percent. And he'll and and regardless of what type of you know Xfinity program colleague fields this year, he's going to be the favorite in every single race right. as he should. Um, but I I I think it's good for the sport. I think it's good for television. Um. You know, especially when he goes up there and just starts, you know, beating and banging on some young kid that can't get out of his way, you know. So um, I think it's good for the sport. And I I really kind of forgot that he didn't do it last year until um, he announced he was coming back. Yeah, and that five car, that's going to be shared by a couple different drivers. It's going to kind of serve as the um, all-star car, so to speak, for colleague racing. So you're going to have... Kyle Busch in it for five, uh, Justin Haley and Austin Dillon in it for one, and then A.J. Allmendinger in it for five races himself. Um, I believe the intention is to have that car out there every single week, but there's still a handful of races they do not have an announced driver for um, yet. But but again, kind of going back to what you said, for a period of time, it was definitely a problem when the Cup guys were running Xfinity, Bush, Nationwide, whatever it was at, the, at that period of time every single week. And the Xfinity regulars are only winning one to two races a year. And, you know, Austin Dillon winning the championship without winning any races and stuff like that. But when you have put these limits on them for seven total races, they can't compete in playoff races, um, like the last race of the regular season and the dash for cash races. Like we've created, I think, a good balance between allowing them down there and limiting them. Because, again, it is good to be able to see a Ty Gibbs battle a Kyle Larson at Road America or a Chase Briscoe battle with Kyle Busch at Darlington. 
you know, it's a good litmus test to say, okay, these guys have the ability to go toe to toe with the best in the business. Let's see what they can do in a cup car. Right. Yeah. I mean, I agree. It's one of those, it's, um, again, I think it's good for the sport and, um, you know, I think it's good for the drivers. I, I don't think anybody loses except for, um, you know, the people that end up losing to Kyle Busch. So, I mean, I was going to say, we, um, originally thought Cole Custer was going to win 20 of the 33 races. Now maybe he only wins 15. Probably. So, because he's certainly going to be one of the favorites every single week himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of the Xfinity Series, with Joe Gibbs Racing, uh, Myatt Snyder has announced that he's going to be running six races in the 19 car, which is going to kind of serve as that all-star car for them. As well, Myatt's bounced around a couple of different places over the last few years between Richard Childress Racing, where he got the win in 2021 at Homestead, was the Jordan Anderson racing last year where he had that nasty crash to open the season at Daytona. Um, Joe Gibbs racing is definitely kind of going the route of if you have money, you can come drive this car, um, particularly with Joe Graff driving that car for five races. So um, I'm interested to see what Myatt Snyder can do. I think he is very talented. We certainly saw flashes of that when he was at Richard Childress racing and being in the best equipment for a handful of races. We'll see if he can go out there and finally get himself another win. Yeah. I mean, it really could be make or break career point for him really. And I think back to a guy like Ryan priest who kind of, you know, bet on himself uh, in 2017, 2018, got a handful of Gibbs races, was able to win a couple of those. And we see where that's uh, gotten him today. So again, Mike Snyder is, has proven himself in other series does have the one win in the Xfinity series at Homestead, Miami, but, um, still looking for more consistent success at the Xfinity Series level. Um, this could be an opportunity to maybe pull off another win here. Mm-hmm. Um, again, that's not not a whole lot of news has happened since the last time we recorded, as we are um, right at 23 hours away from cars being on track for Daytona 500 qualifying. And we finally got the official entry list the other day. Did you see this thing about the car that, J.J. Yaley was potentially going to drive that they ended up announcing they were going to run and then withdrawing all within the span of like six or seven hours. Yeah, it's it's pretty embarrassing, honestly. And it was one of those things like if you went on their website, like the mock-up car was a Gen 6 car. It had like the wrong contingency sponsor, still like the Monster Energy Cup Series logo, like everything about that was completely wrong. And, um, you know, they're saying, oh, we're focusing on Phoenix, I'll be genuinely shocked if they actually show up in Phoenix. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's a mess. So with that being said, it's going to be 42 cars competing for 40 spots uh, starting tomorrow night with qualifying. Uh, the six open cars are Chandler Smith in the 13th for college racing, Connor Daly in the 50 car for the money team. As we mentioned, Zane Smith can be in the 36 car for front row. Jimmy Johnson driving the 84 for Legacy Motor Club. Travis Pastrana in the 67 for 2311. Uh, Austin Hill in the 62 for uh, Beard Motorsports. Now, with open cars, two of these will lock themselves in on speed tomorrow night, and then the other two will be determined by the duels on Thursday night. So you're going to have two cars that are going to be on the outside looking in. Quickly, if you had to pick two guys that are going to lock in on speed, who would you go with? 
I'd go with Jimmy and um, Chandler Smith. Yeah, Chandler Smith. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I agree with Jimmy, and he's going to have Hendrick horsepower under the hood. And as long as he keeps it straight and keeps it on the L line, I don't think he'll have any problem. Despite his inexperience, Toyotas are ridiculously fast at super speedways. I think that's going to be a huge benefit for Travis Pastrana. And for him, I think that'll be uh, a benefit where he doesn't have to race his way in on Thursday and what's going to be his first ever Cup Series start. On that note, I am concerned about Connor Daly driving for the money team. They're certainly not going to have the speed to lock themselves in tomorrow night. He's going to have to race his way in. He's not run a super speedway race at all. And the first time you're doing it, you're competing for a spot in the Daytona 500. I don't think that bolts too well for him on Thursday night. No, no, it doesn't. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think they have practice before qualifying either, do they? they? They do not. The first lap on the track will be the qualifying lap on Thursday night or on uh, tomorrow night. And that was kind of my reasoning behind picking Chandler Smith over Travis Pastrana just because of recent, you know, Chandler's been in, in NASCAR, obviously. I, I know Toyotas are stupid fast, but, you know, you if you're wanting to, you know, put the best lap down possible, you have to hit everything perfectly. Mm -hmm. You know, shifting to when you get up to the wall to how you come to the, you know, the, the green flag. It, it just, it's a lot of, it looks simple. You know, it looks very simple, uh, but it's very complex. So who are your two cars that are going to be missing out after Thursday's duels? I think it's Connor Daly. Um, and it, I don't know. I think it's a toss up. I, I think for sure Connor Daly missed it. I would be shocked if he made the show. I don't know who the other one will be. Now, Kaz Grala, it looked like he was out last year and had a remarkable comeback on the last lap to sneak his way into the field. The one caveat of that, though, is Kaz Grala certainly has a lot more super speedway experience compared to Connor Daly. Yeah, so that that's the only one I'm I feel confident in. Mm -hmm. uh, what about you? Yeah, I would agree that Connor Daly is definitely going to be on the outside looking in. Austin Hill's a really good super speedway racer. I think he finds his way to be where he needs to be to get himself locked in. So it kind of comes down to Chandler Smith and Zane Smith, the two Smiths competing for the last spot. Um, in my opinion, I think given the quality of equipment and how good we know colleague is at super speedway racing. I'd probably give the nod to Chandler. Um, on the same note, we know how well the Fords work together at the super speedways. I feel like it's going to help Zane Smith out a little bit of a toss up for me, but if I had to choose right now, I'd probably go with Chandler over Zane. Yeah. Gotcha. So be interesting to see what happens there. I love the duels. It's probably outside of the 500, of course, probably my favorite event of, uh, speed weeks and given all the limited practice that is the first time we're going to see the cup cars out there in the draft um they will have two practice sessions one on friday and one on saturday as well but um you know it certainly seems that this whole limited practice thing is is here to stay for the foreseeable future as um once we get into the grind of the week to week it's going to be the usual 15 minute right into qualifying things that we got used to last year yeah it'll be it'll be hectic for sure so uh with that we're moving to our picks for the weekend, going to have the Truck Series in action on Friday night, 250 miles. Zane Smith, the defending champion of this race and the defending champion of the series as well, uh, who's able to pull out the first victory of the Truck Series season. I, I'm going to go out on a very weird limb here. 
I think Haley Deegan wins the race. Okay. Moving over to Thor Sports, she's gonna have have some more friends over there. Mm-hmm. Great truck. Um, this is a huge year for her. And I think that she's going to be up to the task. And I think that she's going to be able to, you know, come out here this week and, and, and get it done. I'm going to go with a little bit safer bets. One of the best super speedway racers in the truck series, that being Grant Infinger. And uh, now there has been a lot of turnover at GMS racing. He's the only veteran that is on that team now. Um, but I'm going to go with Infinger to get the win on Friday night. All right. To Saturday, the Xfendi Series, 300 miles. Austin Hill won this race one year ago. A lot of turnover in the Xfendi Series. No Ty Gibbs, no Noah Gregson, no A.J. Allmendinger. That's a lot of wins that are now removed from last season. Do we get a new face in victory lane, or do we have a usual suspect that's still left from the Xfendi Series? I think it's one of the usual suspects, and what I think it's going to be a guy that's just going to play it smart and let everybody else mess up. Um, I'm going to go with Josh Berry okay. coming off a really strong season last year. Um, you know, I think he's one of those guys in the short, obviously ran for a championship a year ago. Um, but I think he's going to be, I don't want to say championship favorite, still a long ways to go. Obviously Cole Custer's probably got that title, um, but he's, he's in great equipment. He's one heck of a driver. You know, we'll see what happens, but I'll, I'll roll with Josh Berry this weekend. I guess I'm just in the mood for safe picks. Uh, Austin Hill really impressed me with how he ran on all the super speedways last year. When you couple that with no Noah Gregson, no Ty Gibbs, two guys, and AJ Allmendinger as well, two guys that are very good on the super speedways, I feel like Austin Hill is going to be the force to be reckoned with consistently at super speedways again this year, and I think it goes back-to-back at Daytona to open the season. Yeah, would be, be a good win. Last one, the Daytona 500 coming up on Sunday. Several new faces. I mentioned Gregson, mentioned uh, Ty Gibbs, you know, the usual suspects, Denny Hamlin, Brad Keselowski, Joey Logano, all very, very strong at super speedways. The unfortunate part about the Daytona 500 the last couple of years is it's kind of turned into a race of survival. Um, I hope we don't get that. I hope we get a little more of a, a competitive race with a lot of good cars standing at the end. But uh, after 500 miles, who is standing on top on Sunday? Well, you didn't name him there. So I'm glad you didn't. Um, he's been the bridesmaids a couple of times, just never the bride. Ryan Blaney finally gets his Daytona 500 win. I went back and forth on my pick. Blaney was my first initial thought. Because it's like, you keep coming close, you're eventually going to be able to get it done, right? And he's lost this race by mere inches time and time again. But I'm going to go with another safe bet. A guy that has won this race multiple times. I think Denny Hamlin gets his fourth Daytona 500 win on Sunday. That would be a statement for sure. Now, Toyota has to stick together in this race. The past couple of years when Toyota was working together and they have all their cars out there, they're unbeatable. Yep. When they get discombobulated through a round of pit stops, something like that, that's where they run into issues. Now you also throw in the factor that you potentially have an extra Toyota out there and Travis Pastrana. I think that only helps their cause. I think Danny yeah. gets another Daytona 500. That'd be something. I mean, it, you know, it's just, it'd be, it'd be something to see a dude win four. That's just be crazy. He may never win a championship, but four Daytona 500 wins. Yeah, I mean, he'll get them. 
He'll make up for it with Daytona 500 wins. And speaking of championships, given that this is our official start of the season podcast, we should go ahead and throw out our championship predictions for Phoenix in the fall. In fact, we'll take it a step further. Give me your final four. Who do you think is going to be competing for the championship? And who do you think takes it home at the end of the season? Uh, Final four will be Chase Elliott. Um, I know really, really stepping out there. William Byron, very okay. close here. Christopher Bell. And then this one, I'm going to go out on a limb a little bit. But I'm going to say that Austin Sendrick makes it to the final four. Okay. Okay. Of those four, I think William Byron's going to be your champion. All right. Fine. With William Byron, I feel like we're having the same conversation every single year. Is this when he finally takes that next step? He was able to get two wins last year very early on in the season. Thought, okay, man, this is going to be a four or five win season. And they just did not a whole lot down the stretch in the second and third uh, portions of the season. Second year, or what's this be now the third year with Rudy Fugel at the helm. Um, Mm -hmm. Hendricks obviously back at the top of their game once again. Very, very interested to see what 2014 can do this year. Mm -hmm. For me, Chase Elliott, I think that's an easy pick. He's going to be consistently in the final four on a pretty much year-in, year-out basis. You got to put Denny Hamlin in there. He really should have been in it last year outside of Ross Chastain's Hail Mary move uh, at Martinsville. I think Kyle Larson finds his way back to the final four at the end of the season. And I like picking from the Penske camp. I'm going to go through Daytona 500 winner. I'm going to put Ryan Blaney in there. I'm going to have to go with a somebody getting another series championship, though. I think Kyle Larson has a bounce back here. Last year was definitely a bit of a step back compared to what they had done in 2021, a full year with all the notes on, under them with him and Cliff Daniels with this car. I think they're going to be very, very dangerous in a lot of these races this year. Yeah, I, I think big bounce back here for them for sure. But I think it's going to be another strong year overall for Hendrick Motorsports. Um, you know, it was a little bit spotty here and there. Um, but, you know, I think Chase and, and Larson definitely came on strong in the second half of the season last year. Mm-hmm. So, uh, all right. Well, there you go. It's now off and running with the season and uh, see if our picks are correct. Yeah, we'll wait, we'll wait till November. So for Don't Mind Lacks, I'm Tyler Head. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Speed Podcast. We'll catch you next time.